This is Frank Skinner um, on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli is here. You can text the show on 8.12.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Um, hello. Morning. Morning. Now, um, there isn't enough people saying hello on radio. I think there's all sort of crazy greetings. Let's just keep it simple. Just before we came on air, um, I found myself singing life. Who life? Who life? Is that the vaguest song lyric of all time? It's, you can't just repeatedly say life. You've got to make an effort. Is it the idea that it's it's a song that sort of means something to everyone because it's, 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 it isn't too specific? Well, that's yeah. it. I mean, every listener sort of can go, I think I know what he means by this. Yeah, exactly. If you've got a song that goes, Sylvia's mother said, you either need, you've got to have a girlfriend called Sylvia. And she's got to have a difficult parent. You know, you need, you need yeah. all that. But, yeah, keep it vague. I think that's pretty universal, <laughs> a little difficult parent. Yeah, but um, Sylvia, it's dying out, isn't it, as a name? Yeah. Like, who was the last Sylvia you encountered? I would say it'd have to be Sylvia Anderson, wife of... Is it Jerry Anderson, Frank? Oh, yes, yes. What did um, they make? They made... Oh, well, they made many things. They started with um, Torchy the Battery Boy... And went via Supercar, Thunderbirds, Captain Scarlet, and so on. Did they make Aqua Maria? Uh, Aqua Marina <laughs> um, was a song from Stingray about okay. um, about a mute um, underwater beauty. <laughs> How did it go? Do you remember? It went Marina, <laughs> Aqua Marina. And you'd see her swimming through water in, in a lot of chiffon. A lot of underwater chiffon was the theme with Marina. And like I said, very um, beautiful, oh, I just but she why never she was spoke. Called Marina. Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. And uh, Troy Tempest is another clue, as it was all, you know, very sea based. I had a strange crush on him. Yeah. Was he a funny model? Apparently, he was, I think he was the one who was based on uh, James Garner. Okay. Underwater chiffon, though the drag on that. Yeah, <laughs> I know. But I think if you if you grow up underwater, those muscles develop. You can just um, swish through. Okay. But she never spoke. No, it was the um, best. Yeah, they became divorced. I think the Andersons. I think it was quite bitter at the end. Oh. Yes, pity because they were a great team. And um, what's the name of the um, of the fandom which um, loves? The Jerry Anderson. Uh, oh, what are brand. they called? They're called Fanderson. Oh, come on! It's absolutely wonderful. I love it. I must say. I think you would get. I bet you get on very well with the Fandersons. Don't well, take that the wrong way. Yeah. Well, it's. I don't. I mean, I don't know that like I know Doctor Who, but I always feel when I. Um, when I fall into decrepitude in later life, I'll probably get the old Thunderbird box set. You're all in the same area, aren't you? I was an XL5 man myself. <laughs> right. So anyway, uh, that. Oh, incidentally, I, I should have gone to a screening of Doctor Who and the Daleks, um, plus um, Daleks Invasion Earth, 
whatever it is, 19 blah blah AD. Um, but um, I couldn't because my son has chicken pox, so we missed that. So they sent me um, the DVD this week. Ah, oh, great. Canal. Uh, is it Canal? Anyway, them. Studio Canal. So uh, that is very exciting. The artwork is. Through the you, ceiling. That is so adorable. <laughs> they still send DVDs for the Doctor Who. So do, they don't have links or anything, no? At the well, I don't know. Okay. We didn't bring that up. You, you, uh, you wouldn't get the. You know, there's like two um, souvenir cards and a poster and a, a, a like a 36-page <laughs> booklet. Uh, you can't. Con- you can't collect links. No. No, <laughs> you can't. Speak for yourself. No, I you, spent you a lifetime it. doing it. It's, it's like touching it. You know, touching it in your hands. The uh, the, the booklet. Lovely. Yeah. Anyway, that that was uh, I don't know what that was. That was just talking. Mm. <laughs> I suppose the show is essentially talking. That's all it, it is. Yeah, it was, it's, it's like you know, it's like going to a jazz gig. Occasionally, brilliant themes rise up from the inner workings of the there musicians. Is, there is something I want you to mull over, though. Oh, go on. You know, when things. I was actually on the way in this morning. I couldn't get over. I actually felt a certain amount of respect for people that had affairs without mobiles. Mm. Because how did these people pull it off? 812 <laughs> <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So I've been, uh, I've been gigging oh. this week, um, doing sort of work in progress, mm. trying to find some sort of comedy. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that thing you yeah. have to do. And um, obviously you get people who listen to the radio show and a man in the front row um, early on uh, in the gig handed me... um, Now, Ian, what does this say to you? A pink and white striped paper bag. To me, can only mean one thing. Oh, pick and mix. Pick and mix. Oh, yeah. And I'd walk past um, an alfresco pick and mix... (laughs) Outside um, King's Cross Station. Oh, yeah. Big one. I like an on-plan air. Well, yes. Um, I. So he handed me these and he said, uh, you know, I, I know you like these. And they were dolly mixtures, which I was talking about recently on the show, which I, they are my um, suite of choice. Um and they had, and I said, "Look, I thank you, but I obviously I the rule on fan food is you can't eat it." Because he said, "I just picked them up on the way." I said, "Yeah, but you've told me that's that's a narrative technique to suggest you haven't had time to sort of um, smear them." <laughs> I said, um, "I said, oh yeah, I just picked them up on the way." Well, maybe you did, and maybe you didn't, but here I am anyway. Maybe you carry them in your mouth. Yeah, exactly. Well, I'd, you don't want to settle for that. <laughs> anyway, I'm thinking more um, cocaine smuggler style. Oh yes. Anyway, yes. Um, so the gig continued, and um, the the bag was there, and I took it. I didn't want to leave it on stage. Yeah. Uh, and I walk, and I walk past that that same alfresco uh, pick and mix, and. Um, Anyway, I got on the tube and I thought, oh, I mean, I've got them with me now. So I went in. I went in on the uh, the fan food. Oh, you went in? And it had that, um, you know, pick and mix has that taste of... Um, Not really, no. It has a, a taste of 
what you might call <laughs> distant sell-by date about it. You know, yes. they got that staleness about them, which is how they've picked up their chair. I'm not saying this is true of the King's Cross one, in case the man's listening. Um, I doubt he will be. But, I did uh, it have a... I, my, my fear is that sometimes the random fried egg falls in and I cannot tolerate the fried egg. I don't mind the... I think it's the taste of other people's fingers yes. on them. <laughs> because it is the sort of pick and mix where you can just take a few out, you know what I mean? Yeah. Fumble flavoured. But, um, but having said that, you know, I ate virtually the whole bag. And that was only, I'm only four tube stops before I get home. <laughs> That's good work. I really went after it. And I've got a thing that... I like to try and get at least one jelly in the handful, so I know when I'm going that soon I'll hit a different texture. Anyway, so thanks for that, mate. I did eat them, <laughs> after all. Um, and we'll see what happens. <laughs> that might be one of my favourite ever payoffs to the, to the story. Thanks for that, mate. I did eat them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, there's a woman in the front row one night and there was a big hardback book sticking out of her bag. And I said, oh, what's that you've got? Look like a proper... And it was um, Rob Beckett's autobiography. And I thought, is that a threat? <laughs> you know, this any sign of failure in this gig and I'm going into Rob Beckett. I'd rather learn about the origins of a different comedian. Yeah, exactly. Than the current times of you, sir. <laughs> yeah, I've actually got back up. Oh man, it was very depressing. And then we had a long conversation about about um, about Rob Becky. I used my "Will no one rid me of this troublesome priest" um, line. How did and it go down? One person got it. And, but that they, was me. They got it in. You know, when one person gets a joke, they really get it and laugh a lot because partly they're celebrating their own intelligence. Yes. Which I'm happy to let people do. Well, There's plenty of people on telly celebrating their own ignorance. <laughs> well, it's so the why not offer an alternative <laughs> view? Sorry, uh, I was going to say it's like it's the laughing at the it's the equivalent of laughing at the Shakespearean comedy, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Although I must say, I've, uh, I don't know if it's I've just become one of those people, but I've started to laugh a bit more at. Sh I used to hate Shakespeare jokes that, if, that I didn't get. Mm. Now I'm. So, I, I think this week any jokes will do me. <laughs> Can I share this missive with you from Peter? Last week you talked about Cadbury-themed vans. Mm. In the late 90s, I worked in Bourneville. Um, other chocolate brands are available. And our break room overlooked the Cadbury's car park. Often, we would see the mini egg van racing the cream egg van. Oh, really? It became such a regular occurrence, we started betting on who the winner would be. <laughs> Oh, come on, that's brilliant. That's Channel 5's Mr. Trick now, <laughs> aren't they? Egg racing. Fastest what, food. What you need is a, one of those egg trucks, and then they could have a, a spoon truck, and you could call it egg and spoon race, and it could be the two of them racing. <laughs> I mean, ideally, I would have thought to the death on Channel 5 to, yes. get, the, to get the people in, <laughs> get the viewers in. That's got, I love a bit of, you don't get much behind the scenes uh, Cadbury World yeah. stuff. I would have thought that a fried egg is the fastest shape of egg. <laughs> no way. Aerodynamic. No, hard boiled's going to be. 
Do you think? If you go in pointy end fr- first, yeah, definitely, I would say. I don't know. I could say a fried egg from the side in profile. Looks a bit like yeah, a sort but of fast they don't. Car. They don't hold their uh, frisbee nature, do they? they uh, <laughs> that's the trouble. I don't know if you, when you skim a fry egg, they tend to undulate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very toned the Friday. No, I suppose if you if you really cook, why not? But then I think you'd get curvature at the uh, outer extremities. I'd like yeah. to see if you skim a fried egg, they tend to undulate. Hyphen Frank Skinner, <laughs> twenty twenty two on a sort of sort of on engraved, a coaster, yes, yeah. or a plaque, maybe yeah. an egg. Uh, uh-huh. Egg cup. Little egg cup. Yeah. Um, I was sitting in my garden this weekend. Yeah, I've got a garden. I've worked for it. <laughs> and um, I could hear Noel Gallagher doing a gig oh. just like a quarter of a mile away at a place called Kenwood House. Oh, right. Oh. And we just sat in the garden. And it was like, you know, it was a bit like that, but even so, it was free. That's nice, Frank. How did of, it sound? I kind of liked it. Sound, I recognised, you know, quite a few of the songs, so I could hear it oh. that clearly. And I just liked the idea of, you know, I think about this for a text in, what major events <laughs> have you heard from your garden? Because <laughs> there's people... Um, I went to a... Um, a birthday party recently quite near the Arsenal Stadium and you could hear oh, like yes. yeah. the cheering and we were trying to work out before we went to our phones whether that was a home goal or an away goal or a, or an, a bit of crowd anger pitch of joy it's quite exciting though something big happening nearby like that Oh, you yes. don't agree. You don't agree with me. I, I I don't live too far from the Arsenal Stadium. And oh, I, okay. I, I you can hear it sometimes even through a through a shut window if yeah. it's going well. Well, I used to live in the door that the inner house that literally adjoined West Bromwich Albion's ground. I couldn't hear a damn thing. Mm. We had we lived briefly. Uh, opposite. <laughs> it's so sad. It's so sad. We lived opposite uh, the Sydney Opera House. Did you? Wow. You know, we got about. There was was always a flurry of activity there. I've got to be honest, it got quite irritating. Could you hear the opera, though? No. They closed the windows for that. Okay. But there's the Harbour Bridge. It's all in the same manner. Yeah. So there's always something going on. There's fireworks, there's events, there's... It got got too much for us after a while. I had a, a Sydney Opera House made from my nail clippings for a TV show. It's surprisingly authentic looking. Sorry, Pierre. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. You know, we know a phrase that we've used a lot, which I think I got from you, Emily, was mm. the um, being a, a late adopter. Yeah. Mm. And um, it's when you take up some. I mean, I had it with uh, Michael Morpurgo recently. Years of Morpurgo avoidance. <laughs> And uh, now I, I read his um, his new book, where the fishes flew. You only you went straight into new. You didn't go to the back catalogue. Well, I got that one free when I interviewed him. <laughs> so I read that to my um, sick child in the garden, and it's uh, I loved it. Did it go well? I loved it. Well, what Set. did he think of it? <laughs> oh, him! I didn't ask him. <laughs> uh, I did all the voices. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, so. Um, so there's that. I also, um, I used to like a, a manual um, pencil sharpener. 
That's that nice Jewish man at uh, Ryman's. <laughs> I think he used to play for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, uh, but I've, I've got the battery operated now. That's brilliant. You've got I, a li- battery operated pencil shop. <laughs> literally lean out of bed and come back and man, it's as sharp as. Yeah, can you do something? He's got a battery operated pencil it's shop brilliant. next to his bed. It's the future. Take it from me. Um, it's brilliant. Have you become a sort of technical draftsman or something? It's took me back. I used to think I've got enough pencils to rest to last me the rest of my life. I used to think that, but now I've really returned to the pencil with a vengeance since I've got the battery operated. What are we penciling? Oh, everything. If you know, I'm, I'm writing stand up and I everything, see. all in pencil. Because obviously, there's quite a lot of robbing <laughs> out after the gigs. <laughs> You're yeah. spending more money on paper. And so. then this week, what did I rediscover? <laughs> Surf and turf. Something oh. that which I think of as quite a sort of 80s thing. Oh, yeah. And I had, um, what I had was uh, a corned beef and anchovy sandwich. <laughs> you did it. And it was really nice. I mean, don't, you know... Go knock it till you've tried it, as uh, a, a corned beef, as we say in the S and M community. <laughs> I won't be trying it. Honestly, it's great. A corned beef and anchovy sandwich is the sort of comedy food that they try and foist on a Beano character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that simply isn't true. It's it really nice, like a mythical punishment. <laughs> if you don't behave, you'll be getting a corned beef and anchovy sandwich. Well, yeah, just I mean. Too long has meat and fish been tied up in this sort of blur versus oasis thing. But get them together and... Um, no, but you've chosen the two worst ones. I haven't. I love anchovy. As you know... Yeah, you do. Uh, I have always felt that... Um, it's, I had a very strange thing because I've always felt that a pizza without anchovies is not really a pizza. And then I was watching um, a programme which ex- existed for about 28 series. I don't know anyone else who watches it, Futurama. Yes. And they, he bought, because he lives in the future, he bought a pizza and he said, a pizza isn't a pizza if it doesn't have anchovies. And I thought, you know when you find a kindred spirit? Yeah. It just happened to be that bloke <laughs> from Futurama. And it's a great episode. It's a, oh, man, it's a brilliant episode. But um, it's much underrated, I yeah. think. Well, I'm interested that you raise the subject of anchovies because I had an anchovy incident this week. Well, let's, let's make that a cliffhanger. Wow. Um, I don't Not know. If, I mean, the tide would have to be pretty high, <laughs> but we'll see. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Um, by the way, I was talking about recently adopting things, more Pergo, battery-operated uh, pencil sharpeners mm. and uh, surf and turf revival. If you've recently adopted anything uh, that we might rich, enrich our lives, let us know on 8, 12, 15. Mm. Oh, professional. Pleased with that. Very tight. Mm. <laughs> now, you, you, it was a cliffhanger, um, Emily's anchovy story. I went to a lovely... Uh, Restaurant mm-hmm. called Riva, and I was, there were some zucchini fritters that really appealed to me on the menu. Could you resist going, Andre, Andre, Riva? Could you resist doing that? <laughs> yes, funnily okay. enough, because okay. it's a very classy place. And there were some zucchini sort of fritters that really appealed to me, but what concerned me was the mention of the A word. Right. You don't like anchovies. No, because no one does, Frank. That isn't true. I've gone uh, 
We take a straw poll in this studio. Hands up if you like anchovy. Your witness. I'm a I'm a fifty fifty. I I, uh, I I was surprised. I was ambushed by an anchovy because I didn't realise they're a key part of a Caesar salad. Technically. Oh yeah, God. Yeah. But thought who it was, thought orders? It was a slug. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather eat a slug. Who orders a Caesar salad and doesn't? With I mean the the problem with the Caesar salad is that it almost always requires the caveat. And I don't like a dish like that because no one says. What do you mean I don't? But no anchovy. Everyone. No. I don't like a butt food. <laughs> no, that's why I was worried about the dolly mixtures. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, over at Reva, I, I said, look, I did say look to her as well. Lovely. Okay. Lovely um, waitress. I said, the zucchini, I've got a problem. The zucchini really appeals to me. However, and she preempted me and I loved this she looked at me she was Italian how do we feel about maybe not do the accent how do we feel about Italians I thought you were going to say no, how do we I feel gonna, like, yeah. maybe I won't do the accent you, I okay. drop setting my surname is Italian and I hereby give you okay. permission to do but a fun Italian said, accent um, <laughs> she said it's okay it's okay and I, I didn't know at first she was talking about the anchovy and then I realised she was she said I don't like anchovy I don't like anchovy you barely taste it barely taste it so I thought okay I got it there was a lot of anchovy <laughs> mm. because what I'm saying is they infect everything she was right there was uh, there was minimal anchovy in it but you, you you only have to sniff it Frank that's their power the power of the anchovy no but that's what I want from an anchovy yeah <laughs> I want um, I, I want it to permeate the corned beef uh, you know, you could smell the fish on it. And that, and that was great. Honestly, the combination was so good. If anyone is at home and they have these two ingredients, but it was, I mean, they were pretty nice anchovies. It was from one of these deli places, you know, where they were in um, they were in some sort of seasoned oil. Sure. Thing. Yeah, but um, corned beef was standard. <laughs> Nice anchovies. I don't know if you, you don't see really um, high class <laughs> corn beef in these um, in these places, do you? That doesn't seem you to have been given it. the treatment. I don't think you'd go to that Harrods food hall or whatever and see it hanging from the ceiling. No. Uh, you have the birth to corn. <laughs> oh, yes, sir. It's a very fine example. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't. It, it stayed uh, firmly uh, close to its roots, corn beef. <laughs> This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Do you want to hear what's been going on in the outside world? Oh, yes. Hold on, I think we have an outside world jingle. The outside world, the outside world, war, the outside world. Oh, I can imagine sitting next to a net of anchovies as I sang that. <laughs> It'd be a very small net, wouldn't it? Tight, tight netage. It'd be like one of those uh, nets you get oranges in. Yeah, it'd have to be one of those. Yeah. Even that, I think you might get um, ambitious um, mm. anchovies making pi- their way through. But pirates, did they catch fish? 
No, they catch they people, didn't they? Yeah, but they might have been. They may as well. You they might have been opportunistic. Side, that's a good question. They had a side hustle. Um, did, um, <laughs> did pirates fish um, 8, 12, 15? Someone, someone will know that. Of course, um, the hook um, would be handy, wouldn't it? <laughs> I hadn't thought of that. Perhaps that was just primitive angling, the uh, yeah. the, the hook hand. We cut out the middleman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I couldn't... Uh, no, no room for twine on this ship. He Near the twine shall meet. Do you, I hope he tied his hair back or put it in a scrunchie, that oh, hook. They were usually... Hook had a lot of share... They had Ringlets. claps, though, didn't they, and things. No, but Hook, not Hook. Did you see Hook's hair ever? I had a big old do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of them, the, when you see, like, the real pirate drawings, I don't know how accurate they were. <laughs> I was going to say. But often they'd have, like, you know, the, what, are, what is it? It's called, like, a Scandinavian plait. So, you know, those big yeah. ones look like they've got a loaf of bread on the back of their head. <laughs> yeah. I love a plait on a woman. Yeah. Oh, oh God, yes. Work a work of art. A love a good plot on a woman. That's an alternative opening to uh, the film Apocalypse Now. Enjoy. <laughs> yeah. uh, I love a plot on a woman. Can I share? He likes a gymnast, sort of the whole. Uh, no, they don't go for the full. I'm on about those ones where it's really like there's four or five strands in, intertwined. Germanic. I know, yeah. mm, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Angel Blue Eyes has been in touch. Yeah. You were asking if anyone had sort of overheard gigs, essentially. Oh, yeah, yeah. I heard the whole of the U2 Zeropa tour. Mm. Did I say that right? Zeropa. Yeah, yeah, I think so. From my Wilsdon flat when they played at Wembley. Nice. You a few things from there. I know what you mean, Bree Kenwood House, though. We went to see James there a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And realised it might be better to sit on the hill without going in. Well, that is always a temptation, isn't yeah. it? You don't have to be too far outside the, of the perimeter fence of any outdoor gig, you would think. Yeah. I yeah. mean, is there a Glastonbury thing where people sit outside Glastonbury and don't pay? I, I suppose it's too big, isn't it? Too many stages. <laughs> you get a muddled sound. Mm. Okay, not oh, sure we'll though. See. I think there, there might be a sort of shanty town <laughs> element to uh, Glastonbury. <laughs> Someone will know. Well, they'll probably be in the shanty town as we speak. Yeah. Not listening to radios, but listening to. Oh, <laughs> but I love this song. <laughs> Good preparation for when they go hard of hearing in later life. Yeah. Talking of that hard six one seven pirates didn't fish because it was too hard. Very good. Oh, I mean, come yeah. on, that is the B now, isn't it? Yes, yes. And uh, in terms of what have you recently adopted, Brian uh, Sefton on Twitter, what have you recently adopted? An air of insouciance. Ah. Oh. What does insouciance mean? Sort it's it's un- me, essentially. Yeah, there you are. Un- un- uncaring, sort of whimsy, oh, sort okay. of uncatchable. Sort of above it all. Yeah. Touch me not. Okay, well, good, good luck with sort that. Of a, good luck with that. Touch me not, or is that No Ah. Uh, what? What? That's a, there's, a, I, there's an Italian Renaissance painting called No Limitage. Oh, it's about of your, course. It's about your lot, Yes, it's, it's Hey Who and... Um, it's your lot. As they say at Man City. Yeah. <laughs> and Mary Magdalene, isn't it? Yes. And I know it well. I didn't... I realised it was only discovered later. It was uh, Touch Me Not. So yes. I like to say No Limitage. 
Touch me not. Should have been like a Freddy and the Dreamers single. That's what it sounds like. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We've got some anchovy news. All right. I say news. Uh, this is it is from a chef though. Seven nine zero. Okay. Good morning, Frank and team. Good morning, seven nine zero. I have been a chef for nearly twenty years. And anchovies have always divided my customers, and understandably so. I'm liking this, Chef. Yeah? They are an acquired taste. Oh, what does that mean? However, well, he's about to, well... Yeah. However, asking for a Caesar salad with no anchovies and asking for extra dressing is always frustrating, considering the dressing is absolutely laced with the little blighters. That's rich in Seven Oaks. He's gone. So that's a chef referring to your beloved anchovies as the little blighters. Yeah, but you know, I think that. Um, oh, I don't know. You know, I realise I don't have a strong enough opinion to actually get it out. I just really like them. If you don't like them, try. If you, I'm, all I would ask our readers is to try one corned beef and anchovy sandwich. If they don't like it, then they can. Bad mouth me. Well, you say it. all I would ask our readers. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's quite a big ask. I think that's fair enough. By the way, can I ask you a question? Here at um, Absolute House in Golden Square. <laughs> As no one has ever called. <laughs> no, that's because we share it with about 12 other stations who probably wouldn't like it. Let's call it the Bower House. Because oh. oh. it's owned by the, uh, the company Bower. Yeah. yeah. So, um, that what they did, and I thought it was a great, it was a, it was a, a, a good, you know, modern gesture. Is there used to be men's toilets and women's toilets, and what they've done is it, it says now, um, does it say men and women, male, female? What does it say on it, Sarah? I'm asking the producer. Yeah. Looking at me like I've asked her to um, name the twelve apostles. Anyway, so. <laughs> I so what they've done they've got men and women let's say on one side and mm. but if it used to be a man's toilet they've kept the the perspex sign blue yeah and uh, if it used to be a women's toilet they've kept it pink even though the sign says men and women and that mm. happened several years ago mm. I have never I realized today I've never been in one of the pink men and women because that messaging to me saying do yeah. not come in. You're not welcome in here. No, no, Matanja. The instincts are still there. Yeah. Mm. But it's an interesting halfway political house <laughs> to say men and women pink, <laughs> men and women blue. You know, wink, wink. I you have, know which one we're uh, inviting in. I have seen a few trendy bars uh, attempt a similar ambiguity, but they'll put up a sign saying which of the two completely fine rooms is packed with your idols yes. and which yes. isn't and you sort of go well that's gonna that's gonna make things easier for you if you're a man no matter what well look I'm all for equality in the abstract but when I was in a cubicle next to Emily's niece I did feel incredibly self-conscious we, were, we had just a tiny bit of she came out she said oh us. she said I was in the toilet with Frank yeah, well, it was virtually with. I mean, you know, it's a tiny bit of wood. I've never seen her laugh so much, though. It really, she enjoyed I was, it. I was mortified. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you've got to remember, so when you get to my age, 
I mean, it, it sounds like a, a psychedelic um, improvised <laughs> gig at the Albert Hall when I go to the toilet. It's a happening. That's what it is. We never got to the bottom of whether pirates had a side hustle with the fishing. No, we only got a sort of a, a, a light-hearted <laughs> remark as an answer. No, because it's too hard. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's simply not good enough, is it? <laughs> Did pirates fish? I mean, otherwise, I suppose they, when they boarded other ships, they could get um, vittles. Yes. But... Um, it seems mad it seems, to be at sea and not fish. I was going to say, it When you've seems, got hooks about your person at all times. It'd be rude not to. Do you think they said that? I, I don't think they worried that much about being rude. Pirates. <laughs> I suppose they had their coat. They had their coat, is what That's I'm true. guessing. I do like the idea of a pirate tentatively opening a treasure chest. It'd be rude not to. <laughs> do you think they were saying, oh, I, I'm so sorry. Uh, my, no, after you. I don't think they were, you know, etiquette wasn't their thing. Yeah, would it be a treasure chest or maybe you might have a creel? You know those oh. things that you keep fishing equipment in and sit on? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. They're at the back. I, I like the idea of a, lo- a big line <laughs> of them angling off the side of a galleon. <laughs> Peaceful, ain't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're not really biting today, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, you could get, like, the skull and then two cross-fishing rods <laughs> underneath on that ship if they were particularly fine anglers. Also, I think it would have been a good decoy for the pirates. People would have thought, oh, those are some nice fishermen doing a sort of, yeah. you know, Paul Whitehouse, Bob Mortimer thing. Well, a lot they of them... would never have suspected. A lot of them lost their eye from the casting, you know, when you bring the... when you flick the thing back, just catching them in the... I think we get into the bottom now with the whole pirate thing. We're basically fishermen who got a bad press. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Um, in case you're listening, if you're listening on a decade channel, I just played a track called Keston by Keston Cobblers Club, which you won't have heard. But I mention it because I have in my hand a wooden. It looks like a book. I'm just going to show the guys this. We'll put a photo up of it. And it's actually a music box, which was made by the dad of one of the band. And it's beautifully done. So it looks like a little wooden book. And uh, you press a button and the album plays. Oh, wow. So we've never been sent one of those before. So... um, I'll put up a couple of explanatory photos. Yeah. Was, I must have said, it, it, um, it certainly grabbed my attention. Hold on, that was a fly. I'd call it an artefact, something yeah. like that. It's objet d'art. It's objet d'art. Now, we, we were talking about pirates, and then um, uh, Pierre Novelli drops an absolute um, dialectal bombshell. Yeah. That's yeah. right. It was a knowledge bomb. Yeah. Um, regarding the origins of the pirate voice, the voice that we all instinctively know to do when we're, when we're being pirates, are and so on. Yeah, so why do they speak like that, pirates? Well, in um, Disney's Treasure Island, 1950, the first sort of big audio well, look Treasure that, Island. Look at that, just, you yeah. know, all in there, all in there. <laughs> but was, I can join in here, Robert Newton. That's right. It? Yeah, yeah. As, Robert as, Newton. As Long John Silver. As Long John Silver. And Robert Newton decided 
being and a Dorset. And maybe Robert Morley is one of the... Uh, oh, dear, dear Robert. But anyway, um, yeah, Robert Newton. Robert Newton is from, was from Dorset, from the West Country, and of course Pirates of Penzance and so on, and he thought, I'll go for an exaggerated sort of West Country accent, as Long John Silver. Hence, U-R yeah. is oh. also the same R as Pirates. So you're saying this is all down to one old ham? Yes. Is why we all speak like this. Like the end, like the end of a Boxing Day buffet. It's all down to one old ham. What scenery-chewing actor has basically changed the entire course of pirate history? Well, if yeah. Long John Silver was an old ham, that's one of the early examples of surf and turf. <laughs> Oh, uh, really? He yeah. was a great... I don't know if you've seen those old movies, but he was a great... Oh, our, he, he did the gym <laughs> lab. Say, our wait, gym I mean, lab. It's quite broad, a lot of these performances. Yes, <laughs> but he was brilliant. But um, as, as a result, of course, Americans, having no concept of some sort of West Country accent, just go, oh, pirates. But you're right, now you come to mention it, it doesn't make any sense that they've all got a West Country accent, pirates, because they don't all come from there. No. Good heavens. That is, that's brilliant. Although I think it would have really livened up uh, Captain Phillips if the Somali yeah. pirates who kidnapped Tom Hanks had all had a th- sort of thick Dawson accent. But who yeah, exactly. knew that one old actor doing yeah. a regional accent could change lives like that? Mm. Great, great bit of, as you say, a great knowledge bomb from uh, the man we used to call the Wikipedia on, on tour. <laughs> yes. That's because lovely the way that works. It really trips off the top. It does, doesn't it? But it was, it, it was often apt in the back of the tour van. Mm. Pierre would often be dropping these um, knowledge bombs. Why do you yeah. know quite a lot of things? Um, I have a lot of time. Okay. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know. Mm. I like it. There wasn't a challenge. There was no aggression. No, no, I, I didn't sense any uh, aggression. Um, <laughs> ooh, ar, ooh, ar. I'm gonna. I'm, I've enjoying that. Though, yeah. No. yeah. Of course, my favourite uh, Treasure Island moment is when um, they announce that Alan has been killed. The most, the least appropriate name for anyone ever in Treasure Island, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I'm, that'll be the death of Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Colin the Pirate. Yeah, exactly. It was a bit like that. <laughs> yeah, Paul Pirate. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. I want to ask our friend Pierre, our French exchange, what he's been up to. But um, <laughs> briefly, Jackie in Hamburg, I need you to know this because Jackie in Hamburg is a, she's your kindred spirit, as she says. Thanks, my kindred spirit. I've always said a pizza isn't a pizza without anchovies. If I order a pizza and the shop doesn't offer anchovies, I like the shop, the pizza shop, Mm. and shockingly that sometimes happens, I always have some to put on the pizza. Shove it in the oven to heat them. Perfect pizza. Listening from Hamburg. Lovely. Well, I always... uh... She she offers some praise to you then. But I'm just saying, you've got a friend. Yeah, I mean, if they do additional toppings... Often you can have like an American hot and then say, just stick the anchovies on. Mm. But it's it's a big ask. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the pizza place I go to. <laughs> I saw that coming. Like Did a, you? Like a truck at an intersection, just seconds too late to stop it. 18-wheeler. <laughs> he likes those. What? If you see my jokes come in, Pierre, there's a career ahead for you in comedy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> anyway, come on, what's been happening to Pierre Novelli? So you see up to stuff. Last time we spoke to him was at the wine tasting. Oh yeah. On Mevacants. What a life. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to live life. up to my name. Mm. Oh life. What's oh, happening life. in your Come on, Frank. What? Pierre, what's happening in your life? <laughs> oh life, oh life. <laughs> We could have sized it as vague, but in fairness, in French, it'd be a sort of classic of the genre, wouldn't it? Yeah. La vie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone thinks, oh, that's a great song. Oh, yeah. la vie. I don't know what it means, but it's great. Yeah. <laughs> of course, the lave is what we used to call the toilet when I was a kid. You don't want to be singing about that. Oh, we no. didn't do lave. No. Well, Quite just... right. <laughs> we did uh, Lou. Oh. Oh, no, I never liked that much. Well, toilet was banned. Mm. Mm. Was it? Oh yeah. Difficult. No, just uh, it's um, a bit pooterish. Yeah. Google it. Uh, anyway, what's happening in your life? I recently, um, I bra- bravely, if you're if you're a stand-up comedian and you are Frank, and you'll know that this is a rare thing to agree to. I emceed a friend's wedding. Oh gosh. Mm. It's a big ask. Mm. Did you did you write new wedding-based material? I for did. It? Okay. I went in custom. But you're chucking a bit of old stuff as well just to fill it out. <laughs> I, I, I put, I, there was a couple of jokes that, uh, of a style that I would not sell in my own stall. Oh, OK. Oh, you know? what sort of ones? Unaccustomed as I am. Easier, easier ones. Right. Oh, you, no. you don't want to be reinventing the wheel mid, uh, mid-starter. No. You also no. don't want to be 1973 in new faces. No. <laughs> no. No, so how did it go? What is the... I, what, uh, the, the weddings I've been to don't really have an MC. Well, so th- normally I'd, I wouldn't uh, entertain a request like this, but my friends had been to a Norwegian wedding mm. and they came away changed, uh, oh. as you would imagine. That um, happened to me when I went to a Norwegian hotel buffet. Oh, yes. They are the most incredible experiences. Those people, a bloke yeah. next to me had five different desserts on the same plate. <laughs> it is, it really is. Yeah. Eat until you are taken to hospital. That's how it operates. Oh, yeah. It was... Uh, and the it, smoked cheeses. Yeah. yeah. And lots of that supplementary oil. What's he called? Something like E20 or something like yes, that. Yes, yeah. Anything from fish. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, they love the Let's fish. Let's get on with the pirates. Yeah. Okay, we got gonna... Norwegian pirates. Um... I don't know. Only the in the music business. It'd be very, okay. uh, be very... Um, uh-huh. Twiddly, it'd be twiddly, fine work, wouldn't it, Fjord, the Fjord thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah, pursuing someone through a Fjord. Turns. Maybe like Pac-Man. You just have to total turn after turn after turn. No, I'd, I'd think the Fjords would put me off. I'd yeah. see that. They'd be like, I suppose, uh-huh. oh, we call them speed bumps. <laughs> This is uh, Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novella. You can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Very smooth. Meanwhile, over at the wedding... Yes. I'm just having a ginger shot. (laughs) I don't mean I've hired a hitman to kill Chris Evans. (laughs) I mean I'm having one of these little zingers. Oh... Oh, my word. Go on, carry on. Well, so these friends of mine um, had been to a Norwegian wedding and they'd, they'd come away convinced that it was the way to go because apparently, according to them, at least the one they went to, 
weddings in Norway, they, they'll have sort of eight people speaking for sort of two minutes each. Mm. And everyone sort of gets a look in, you know, the, the parent of either person getting married. It's a and, smorgasbord. It's a, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you stand on a big sort of rye bread platform. Yeah, and nobody yeah. gets smorgasbord. That's <laughs> perfect. Okay, so that sounds... Where coming. were it's you t- before the wedding? <laughs> it's a... It's a, <laughs> it's a tough gig, though, isn't it? The yeah. two-minute speech. Yeah, yeah, so everyone was, with a couple of exceptions, I think mother of the groom, father of the bride, they had sort of five to eight. And as a, as a, as a jobbing comic, I did think, well, do I give them a light? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Running. Yeah, exactly. Stop crying. Five to eight. But isn't that the average um, speech length of a, a wedding no, speech? A long, I think so, yeah. long time. It's quite a while. Most people stuck to pretty... Pretty brief stuff, but that's why they needed an MC. That's that's. Otherwise, I, I think you're right. You don't really need one. But that's uh, the reason I agreed. I thought, you know what, these these people actually do need. So, did you do material in between them? I had a sort of a few line, two or three lines in between each okay, one, and well, then announced the tough, beef. It's a tough gig. Though. Did you yeah. did you sort of comment? Did you do callbacks to the speeches? I or? did. Were they nice callbacks? Uh, I th- felt it was my duty to sort of be a persistently. Gently undermining force. Yes. Um, oh no. I did. I did think um, uh, you've got to balance mockery with affection. I well, that's what I mean. Every wedding speech—that's yeah. the ingredient, isn't it? So it's like like trying to convince a loved one not to wear a hat. Yeah. yeah. Bit of mockery, yeah. bit of affection. Yeah. You you have to go. Yeah. You hit hit them with the satire, and then at the end, then you melt their their hearts. That's right. Yeah. yeah. In 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 five to eight minutes. Yes. But see, yeah. Well, that was it. As I was the sort of palate cleanser in between heart meltings, so I sort of mm. thought, well, if their hearts are going to be. They're going to be puddles by the time this is over. So You're going to freeze them back up again. Freeze them right back up. <laughs> Chilling stats. <laughs> Re-divorce. So how did it go, how would you go? say? It went well. I, Can you I, give us an example of your um, Norwegian wedding material? My Norwegian <laughs> Or are you saving it for an Edinburgh show? Did you, you, my, did you throw any Norwegian in? I threw in some fake Norwegian. What sort of thing? Did it, was, it was a bit rude, Pierre. No, no, I cleared it oh. with the two Norwegians there. Oh, okay. They Just were, the two of them. They approved. <laughs> Life's so complicated now, isn't it? Yeah. What did you say? What was your fake Norwegian? I just thought, it, uh, just because so, I had to explain to the guests, not all of them were aware of the tremendous backstory of the Norwegian wedding, so I had to explain why they were going to have to hear eight or nine people talking. Yeah. And um, so I decided that um, I would uh, pretend that I was some sort of expert on Norwegian culture and sort of made up a few fake Norwegian words with sort of deep meanings and okay. I kept referring to the sort of the father of the bride as the Brid's father and things okay. like that. So. Oh, all right. Oh, I quite like Frank. What do you think? A bit of fake, fake Norwegian in there. I, th- think, I think you had to be there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't really... Be, I can't think of a gig yeah. more context-heavy Norwegian-themed wedding. It sounded potentially a bit South African as well. It did, yeah. That was playing to my strength. But yeah. that, that material, as you say, that's gone there, isn't it? Unless yes. you do another Norwegian-themed wedding, which is... I mean, you might get bookings for if word gets out. No, I've said well. this. Were you pleased with it at the end? Did you think as Norwegian wedding emceeing goes, that was about as good as it gets? I thought as it went, I, I got a, I got the good, good reviews from the, the high table, the people who, who mattered, mm. you know, and it, I th- did think, is this what it's like to be a vicar? So people in a, in, a, yeah. in a service scenario coming up to you and sort of shaking you by the hand and saying nice things. I thought, this is probably the best part of yeah. vicaring. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. in suits congratulating you on saying things nicely. 
Yeah, you don't get much out of comedy gigs, I find. No, just a, a what glass I'm doing, shattering on the wall behind these you. These gigs yeah. are at the moment. I am literally at the end of the gig, walking through the audience, out the door, and off to the tube station. I mean, I'm literally, that's how I leave. Have, I you, got an, have you not got your own entrance or exit? No, God, no. Oh, no, it's yeah. just about doing it quickly so they don't catch me before I get on the train. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. If anyone knows the technical name for that harness that you put the bottom of a flag in, I would love to know what that was, just so yeah. I'm dropping conversation. Uh, surely you know people who know about harnesses. Well, I do, but I don't know so many flag people, I'm happy to say. Very few of them are also patriots. <laughs> yeah, there might be some, um, there might be some um, drum majors um, listening, or um, majorettes. Yep. Yeah. Do you get these majorettes anymore? They were big, I weren't went they, the majorettes. To... Do you know, it was, a, it was a lovely use. They're not a top hat. It's a top hat with a peak. It's a, well, it's a sort of a ornate top hat that looks mm. like it could have been... Uh, is, it would be great on Is It Cake? Oh. Because you could easily make a good cake of one, I would have thought. It's a Shaco. That's what it's called. A Shaco, yeah. Have you Googled it? I thought it was a Shaco because I used Have to... Have you Googled it? I Googled it to confirm. Oh, you oh. so sure you did. Why didn't you speculate oh, first and put your reputation on the line? Now we'll never believe I that you knew myself. it. I doubted myself. A Shaco. Thank you oh. to the Sharp novels and TV series for teaching me that. Okay, how are you spelling Shaco? S-H-A-K-O. Okay. I love the expression, how are you spelling? Can't find my... How does one spell it? Um, how are you spelling these days? Excuse me, um, shopkeeper, this Shaco's a bit uh, shallow for the flag I'm doing this weekend. Have you got anything with a bit more depth? Mm. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, the Shaco's the kind of hat you're talking about. Oh, yes. can no. I want to know the name of the harness that flag goes into that's, keep no. that's up to the listeners no no I'm sorry that was very specific information are, are we were the hat I didn't know that was called a shako that's useful information from that particular knowledge bomb I like that okay, okay. I was I just thought it was confusing I've now made a public fool of myself. <laughs> well, let's face it, that's setting a, a real precedent there. I did a whole like, mini-drama um, <laughs> set in a um, majorette supply store, which didn't make any sense now, because why would you want a deeper shaker if it's a hat? You could also be high hairdo. Yeah, could be, or maybe you're an undercover policeman. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I... I think the drama still stands on its own. Okay. I really like the drama, and I, I've just, I just want to flag up that I will good, be. Good, uh, good, very good. Very nice. I will be referring back to it quite a lot in the future. Uh, that drama. Great. I'll call it the Majorette. <laughs> great. The Majorette Supply Store drama. <laughs> oh, look! Speaking of big hats, um, did you read uh, the Katy Perry story this week? I did. So Katy Perry was is in Australia. Yeah. And picture that, if you will. She's with the Bloom boy. Yes. Um, she's with um, Harold Bloom from James <laughs> Joyce's Ulysses. And, uh, no, she's with Orlando Bloom. Um, not Orlando from Virginia Woolf's Orlando. The Absolute Radio. They <laughs> yeah. um, don't have... They haven't fashioned a portmanteau name, have they yet? No. Now, mm. she was asked about this... And do you know what she said? She did a bit of a Paul Ince. 
Frank, would you care to quickly give a brief explanation? Well, it's said that Paul Lintz, the former Manchester United footballer, said to his teammates, henceforth, <laughs> I shall be known as the governor. Oh, self-selecting so, yeah. nickname. Yeah, mm. so I, that's the theory. I don't know if it's definitely true, but that's what they say. Katie did, did a bit of an int. Because once, when she was asked, they were repeatedly asked, what's your name, your couple name? Mm. And, and she, I think she tweeted once or put, or it, put a post on Instagram saying, just to let you know, I've, I've decided what our name is and we've chosen it. It's um, OK. Oh, for all, all... Oh, I see. Has it taken? Well, no. it's OK. Oh. <laughs> no, it's... Uh, it, what's wrong with um, Corlando? Or Blairy. Oh. Yeah. I love Corlando. Yeah, or just Berry. Berry, yeah. Or Catando. That's all That right. sounds like a game you'd play. Nice card game. I think yeah. that's the name of the majorettes. Um, <laughs> Epaulette Base. It's called that. I'll check with the, the storekeeper next time I'm in there. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Katie Perry, who I think we've worked Catando. Corlando, uh, I still Corlando, like. okay. We had some great outside world from Trevor saying Katie Perry plus Orlando Bloom equals Kabloom. That's pretty good. Very good. Yeah, I like that Kabloom. kabloom. Yeah, oh, let's stick with that. Write okay. that down. Kabloom. Well done. Who was that? That was Trevor. Well done, Trevor. Clever Trevor. <laughs> Not me down with a feather. I bet he said that a lot. So Kabloom. Um, well, it wasn't Kabloom. Kabloom, whether he's filming... Um, Orlando is currently shooting a movie called Wizard, which sounds... That'd be nice for you, Frank, sort of thing. You'd like wizards and things. Yeah, poss- quite possibly. I'm surprised that she tags along like a plus one to his <laughs> filming. This is Katy Perry, for goodness sake. Yeah. Well, they've got a child. They share child together. Yeah. Mm. Maybe she always wanted to see Port Douglas. Yeah, maybe that, that is possible. I um, no, I've always, I've always been a fan of. Um, I know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm no expert on her music, but I like that sort of quite sort of brightly lit yes. cartoon. She's boopian, I would say. She has a boopian element to her. Yes, Betty Boop. Yeah, yeah. She's she would if they do a, a live action Betty Boop movie, yes. she would be my first phone call. I adore KP. Although oh. I was surprised to see her on a. I think she might have done a an ad for a takeaway food company. Oh. You know when they go a bit Backstreet Boys. Um, <laughs> well, it's interesting that because <laughs> on. Um, one of the lines. <laughs> That she says in that is, I get what I want when I want it, margarita with extra cheese on it. <laughs> Which seems to contradict the story we're about to tell. I knew you'd be fine. I knew you wouldn't have let those adverts slip past you. No, Frank. well, I, I like, uh, I mean, I, I miss um, Snoop on there. They must pay the big money, let's see. What did he do? Wow. He, yeah, he was he doing was it. There. In like full pimp outfit. I mean, yeah. it's a fan. What on earth are you doing? This is a family advert. <laughs> and then uh, Katy Perry looks amazing on it in a series of, um, I say cartoonish guises, I would say. Mm. The Marge Simpson, yeah. But even so, um, I get what I get when I want it. So she went into an Australian cafe and mm. said, can I get a table and the waitress said no Indiana yeah. and then um, 
Yeah, and then she found her a, a sort of staff eating table. I hate that. I hate when you're in a cafe and the staff are eating and they're on laptops and so get an office. I don't want to see. I don't want to see this. I don't, it's like I don't get to Darren Brown and he tells me how it's done. Get in the back. I don't care if you have to stand in a corridor. I don't want to watch the staff eating and on the laptops. Worst. Have you ever had this? Is in a in a restaurant. I've been sat near where the staff eating lunch. Come on. Well, I, oh, yeah. I'm not keen. <laughs> anyway, so the woman, the Indiana, the waitress, found her a, a table, her and uh, a child. I don't know what, how big the her entourage was, but she had a big hat. Mm. And then went over and gave her a further reprimand, having found her a table, and said, Oh, bore the why. <laughs> um, don't think you can sit there on a regular basis. It's that kind of uh, attitude. And the the summit, the summing up of this story is at the end. Um, KP gave her an enormous tip because she said she was so happy to be treated like an everyday person. Or as Indiana was... put it, I believe her actual words, Indiana, were. I was a bit shocked that I acted like she was a casual Joe Blow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. What's the tip? Never speak to me like that again or I'll <laughs> yeah, show you the meaning of pain or something like that. This, I would have thought that what Katy Perry and indeed all human beings should be um, encouraging is that every customer is treated like a celebrity. Not yeah. a levelling down <laughs> attitude where everybody is treated badly. That that seems to be the, the Australian idea of equality. <laughs> Treat everyone like a Joe Blythe. <laughs> exactly. It, it, it needs unwrapping. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Can I just take us briefly over into the OW... Wayne Hemingway uh, went to see your show on Thursday. He just said he'd really love it if you could do a small meet and greet afterwards in the future. <laughs> um, no, that's not Frank's way. 755, the holder for a flag when you carry it is called a strop. Oh. Um, a flag. Uh, lady flag, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, very good. <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah. You say very good, but you said it in the tone of voice when you said to Pierre, you had to be there. Oh, OK. OK? One six two. It'll work for a Norwegian wedding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That'll, that'll be what people say on the circuit now. Yeah. One <laughs> Save six... it for a Norwegian wedding, mate. One six... <laughs> but that'll be a heckle. Yeah. Hey, it's not a, it's not a Norwegian. Yeah, all right. All right, mate. What do you think this is, a Norwegian wedding? Yeah, exactly. Get that man out of here. That was like when I worked for an editor, an Australian editor, who was one of the strictest women I ever worked for, and I suggested an idea. It was a magazine called You Magazine, mm. supplement. And uh, she said, I said, what about this idea? And she said, let's leave that to The Guardian, shall we? Next. Oh, man. That was the biggest oh. insult she could muster up. Um, I think um, it reminds me of I was doing a, a, a three-show series and I had uh, an earpiece in. Mm. And we'd had a meeting um, with the commissioner and they said, what we'll do, we'll do the three shows. Don't do anything that says which is the first show. And then we'll put them in the order, best first, um, second best, second. That's how we'll do it. We'll do it. I said, fair enough. So I was interviewing someone and uh, 
they referred to something that I'd done on a previous... I'd done on a previous show they didn't know about. And I was going to mention... And then I thought, oh, I don't know what order these are going out in. And a voice in my ear said, you can mention it, this will be the last show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wee! Okay. God. And now I have to carry on with that on my shoulders. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, okay, I will just take us briefly back to flags. So we've got 755 claims they're called a strop. Mm. 162, Frank as a standard bearer for a branch of the RBL. The standard is held in a carrier... That's from it's either from Chris Gill Scorton in North Yorkshire or from Chris Gill, comma, Scorton, comma, North oh, Yorkshire. Oh, I see, I see. It's carrier what's an R- What's the RBL? Is that a... Royal British Legion. Oh, yeah. yes, I see. Oh, Pierre. You know, when we, used to, we used to drink at the, uh, the Royal British Legion when we was about 16 and oh, yeah. uh, it was like 9p a pint, pint. It was like really cheap. And we always used to say, you know, those blokes who joined the French Foreign Legion to forget could have forgot much quicker (laughs) in the Royal British Legion. (laughs) And for less money. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. We were talking about Katy Perry being not recognised by an Australian waitress and then rewarding her with a large tip. See, that was her mistake. What she was thinking of is, well, I believe in equality and um, socialism, in fact, and this woman has has expressed that. But the woman just didn't recognise her. It's a completely different (laughs) scenario. Had she recognised her, presumably she'd got the specialist treatment. Yes. So she's been rewarded for not recognising... Katy Perry. It's the very antithesis <laughs> of the uh, the Buzzcocks identity parade round. Yes. You have you are rewarded if you don't recognise the person from the the music video. That's mm. true. She should only have been rewarded if she'd said, "Look here, Perry. There aren't yeah. any tables." Yeah. yeah. If she'd said, "You know, don't come in here with your pop star ego and something like," then she wouldn't have rewarded her almost certainly. And that would have been yes. like one of the sort of medieval morality tales where it turns out you were speaking to the king the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly, but... Um, well, it's secret millionaire boss or whatever that thing That's is. the sort of thing it's, that's going on. Yes, yeah. but... Well, the hat as well. Yeah. The hat. I thought, I thought this might come up. She wore an enormous crocheted hat in order to not be noticed. <laughs> All she needed was a flashing insignia on the hat that said incognito <laughs> to have made it absolutely yeah. perfect. I mean, who would not look at a person in, in an enormous crocheted hat? This is the problem with being a celebrity who lives in L.A. Everyone around you is so outlandish and bizarre that also, your idea of camouflage becomes perverse. <laughs> yes, what about... Probably <laughs> one of a hundred crocheted enormous hats, I imagine. Many-sided glasses as well. Yeah. I would say not just hexagonal, but what's 12, Pierre? What's a, a lot of sides on an object? A lot of sides. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Multi- I don't know if that's a mathematical... Uh, okay. multi- multi-agonal, I guess. Okay, lovely. I'm guessing here. They were, they were, they multi-agonal, were very... <laughs> that's what you are. They were very look at me, the shades. Yes. What would you do, 
Poly, polyagonal. Sorry. Thank you, Pia. In that situation, though, Frank, I did, I did think of you when I read this. Yeah. Because I've been into restaurants with you. You are generally... I mean, you are something of a national treasure, so you do get recognised mm, fairly yeah. regularly. But I th- I've been with you, I think, maybe a couple of times when they haven't, you know... They've done a bit of a KP. Yeah. You've been all right with it, which surprised me. I'm not going to lie. I'm t- look, I'm not going to pretend that if <laughs> if they can't find a table and they recognise you, then uh, you'll get a table often. That's a good thing. But if you don't get recognised, I can't, you know, I can't get out my show reel. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, so, yeah, you just have to live You with say that. that, but you did once point to your face. As you pass. Yeah, that was a bad thing. That was at a football thing where the guy Can said, you have you got your yeah. pass? I actually went, I fumbled in my pockets for the pass I knew I didn't have. And then I said, pointed at my face and said, oh, here it is. I mean, it is outrageous. That was poor behaviour. But it worked. It did get me in, but it was uh, shocking. Did you give him an enormous tip? Uh, no, I've never given anyone an enormous tip in my life. I hate tipping in all its manifestations I do it but it makes me nervous and mm. oh, I have to do maths yes that's mm. true oh god mm. just just charge me a bit extra <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. it's fine no but I've tried you know I had all those years of not even going into restaurants when I first started going into restaurants posh restaurants and that I used to feel incredibly intimidated by the staff and everyone else and oh. mm. But I think 80's earned the right to get a table if there's one around. Yeah. Anyway, that's the that's that story. <laughs> do, you, do you think that um, you get treated like a god in America if you're even moderately famous? And so they just... I, I think I like the American celebrities who enjoy being treated badly more than I like the ones that want to be treated like gods. Well, Elton John once said to me that he's treated like a god in America and then he'd get... He'd come back and there'd be a British newspaper on the plane that called him like a four-eyed fat idiot. And he'd think, oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> Bit of levelling. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't believe a damn word. Anyway, and uh, yeah, I'm going to do the plug. Episode five of my poetry podcast will be available on Wednesday. Oh. And it's Emily Good. Dickinson this week. I'm named after her, thank oh. you. Are you really? I love um, her. David Dickinson, I think, was named after her as well. <laughs> Um, catch up on all the previous episodes from wherever you get your podcast. I read that. I don't know if you could tell. I was reading the last bit. Um, so thank you. Thanks, Pierre. Great to see you as ever. Pleasure. Thank and, you. And uh, you know what? The law, if the good oh, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. 